On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Hi guys, I'm John Lovett. Welcome to the show, a little show called Love It or Leave It. Uh, put your hands together for our panel. Uh, we have uh, the creator of The Good Place and basically like a force behind every great comedy on NBC for like a decade except for 1600 Pen, Mike Schur. Uh, we have a hilarious stand-up comedian, Rhea Butcher is here. And the head writer of The Daily Show, Jubin Parang. Thank you guys for being here. Um, let's get into it. What a week. <laughs> um, for the audience listening at home, the dings are not coming in at the right time. Um, Jesse, we do this once a week. <laughs> um, so uh, let's get into it. Uh, I feel like they're sort of divide. I'm dividing the world into two big stories uh, this week. One is Trump reversing his course on a lot of issues, and 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 the other half is uh, his foreign policy exploits, uh, which are not unrelated. But uh, so let's start uh, with domestic. I've come up with a name for this segment. It is uh, I put Trump down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, now you know what when you sent them the email, I didn't understand it. I thought you. Like missed a period or a word here or there, but now that you say it out loud, I because I because I said it like yeah. like Missy. Yeah, I convey an energy similar it. to her. It's an energetic tracksuit that you have. Yeah, no, like, we shop it. at the same place. Yeah, we have absolutely. the same custom tracksuit. Um, people at home can picture it. Um, so running down the list, uh, Trump flip reversed on a bunch of issues that were sort of central to his campaign, not just Syria, which we'll get to. Uh, he used to say that NATO was obsolete. Uh, he no longer does that. Uh, he used to say that the Export-Import Bank, uh, which provides loans to companies, uh, was not necessary. Now he changed his mind about that. Uh, he spent years talking about China as a currency manipulator. This week he said that China is not a currency manipulator. Lot of stories about why this has happened. Uh, Peter Baker in the New York Times wrote a piece that basically he's kind of learning on the fly. Uh, he had a 10-minute conversation with China's president, and he said, uh, there's a lot about North Korea I did not understand. <laughs> um, uh, the same goes for the export impact bank. He like, talked to a couple CEOs. I'm like, actually, this thing might be really important. Uh, I guess the question is, uh, how do we feel about the fact that we have this neophyte old racist in the White House um, we certainly wouldn't rather he remain consistent, right? We'd like him to change his mind on these things. And yet, it also feels bad when he does. Yeah, I, I felt like the real promise of a Trump administration was that he would not learn anything while in office. <laughs> and it seems now he's just kind of becoming like another Republican president. And going into the election, if I had known that Trump was going to be like a Jeb Bush, I would not have been as, um, how can I say, like viscerally terrified but also thrilled to see what was going to happen uh, over the next four years and now it's like oh it's just going to be like dumber bush 
And I think, and I, so I guess I wish he, I wish he had stuck to his guns on the Export-Import Bank and just like refused to accept any knowledge or any advice on what anything was. You're rooting for the catastrophe. <laughs> You're like Susan Sarandon now. Yeah, oh, very much so. Hey, I it's mean, all I... about the Lotus Blossom, you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> I have a theory, I don't know if it's right or not, but my theory, because he, he's so sort of narcissistic, he, in his brain, the only person who exists is him. So he's like, I didn't know that healthcare was so complicated. So nobody knew that healthcare was so complicated because I'm the only person. He, he's literally playing peekaboo with the world, right? Like, yeah. Like when, when, when we cover his eyes, he does not believe he's we not, are He's there. a we true solipsist, yeah. yeah. And I, a, our I, first non-object permanence president. Yes, I think I just, literally think that's what's going on. Just put him in a truck and let somebody else take care of everything. Just give him a big fake truck that doesn't even run because I wouldn't trust him driving a truck either. I think. <laughs> If you put him in like a like a Playmobil version of the Oval Office with like a toy phone, and just were like go do president things, he would be like blah 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 blah. Like, right, he would... like I think we could put put together a budget. I think we could keep it under like six million because we would shoot him being president, create news around it that is not real, sure. talk about his various successes. We just need a studio with an anchor. Put the Fox and Friends people there. Honestly, I don't think they'd know either. <laughs> and. He said, we have him sign things. We then do an announcement on our fake Fox News channel where they say, the president has solved yet another problem. He sleeps like a baby uh, as, he, as he withers uh, mentally uh, in front of us. And Mike Pence, who we love, runs the show. I think it's interesting, though, that you're saying that you, would, you preferred the, the true crazy version, though, because I have to say that even though the, like, the, un, the instability of the opinions recently is like it gives you more than pause because it's like the guy's insane here's but my, i prefer the like yeah no there's a reason we have like a bank that handles this stuff here's my problem with that though is like you know when you're like a kid and you're the first way you learn about something is like your mom or dad tells you about what that is and you kind of always have that initial impression of what your mom and dad or whoever the first person was who told you about something uh, you always carry that with you. And he's like that. I think the first person who talks to him about any issue, he's going to be like, oh, that is also, I guess that's what I think about. And I feel like that's an argument for the Democrats to kind of like wrap their arms around Trump. We got to be the first people in the room to tell him, hey, healthcare is the kind of thing that everybody needs to get. So he's like, yeah, that makes sense. As opposed <laughs> yeah. to like, like the, whatever the next, whatever the first thing is someone will tell him. He's like a, he's like a beautiful blank slate so, of a so, man. Yeah, no, that's, that's what he is. I don't know he's if a, I would say beautiful. He's a magnificent <laughs> creature. Uh, we've talked about how handsome Donald Trump is. Just on, a on chiseled. Yeah. If I wasn't a lesbian, you know, <laughs> I would just jump all over that guy. <laughs> but uh, I feel like, I feel like we, should, we can't fall into the trap of believing that we can make Trump into some other thing because, you know, for all these stories about the infighting and Bannon and Kushner and the cucks versus the nuts and the rest of this nonsense, you know, nothing's really changing, right? Like he's taken this position on he's, – he's kind of come around to the more traditional Republican position on NATO and Export-Import Bank, the kind of business-friendly position, but he still signed a, a, a bill this week to make it harder to fund Planned Parenthood. Uh, he's still got Jeff Sessions running around the Justice Department doing whatever he's going to do on immigration and marijuana and all the rest. So there's not really any evidence that he's been dragged to the left by Gary Cohn or Kushner or uh, America's sweetheart of Trump. But that's because there's no one in the left – 
who is there talking to him. Someone in the Democratic Party needs to like finagle the way into his administration, drop a couple of N-words here and there, get in there, <laughs> and then once they're there, then be like, listen, we, so, we, we need, you know, police need to stop beating black people up so much. And then he'll be like, yeah. Hypothetically, if I wanted to do that. So I this first, is my long way around pitching that to you directly. I now. clean out my Twitter feed, right? Right. Got to start over there. <laughs> Got to get a fresh start on that bad boy. There's no time to go through them all. Um, I don't know what you do. I don't know how you get to these people because... I, I honestly, even the... I like the idea of the Democratic uh, mole in, <laughs> in, in, in his own or her own White House. But the truth is that even if you would pull that off, he's going to change again. Like, right. a, like 20 minutes later, he'll change again. There's well, no, like, it is object permanence is the problem. There is no, there's no uh, position that he has held firm on. None of this aspect of the job is he interested in. He's not interested in, like, this is what I think. This is my vision for the world. That has never been anything that he's interested in at all. He likes the plane. He likes the golf. He likes the like. He likes people saluting him. Yeah. I think he likes dropping bombs on things when people clap for him. Like we're he gonna did get it. to it. Yeah, and <laughs> so, but like this kind of stuff, he's not a. He has no. He has no actual vision or, or position on anything. It's and I think that's that was part of the. That was honestly part of the reason some people voted for him. It was like he's not a guy who comes out and says, "Here's what I think." He's but just like, he's flipping the table over. Like I will be very personal here and mention that Please. I have like a close friend who Ooh. voted for this person and I tried to talk to him for 18 solid months and the only thing he would talk to me about is emails like straight up he would send me every article about emails um, and what he this person texted me like two days after the election is he's not going to take your gay rights away calm down and if the orange boy acts up the people will impeach him and I truly think that's the attitude of most of his supporters, like you're saying, Mike. It's like just a person they got in there so they didn't have to deal with our shit anymore. You know, so I don't know. How, how do you fight with that when they're willing to put whatever in there to yeah, get whatever I, they want done? I guess it's, uh, you know, I think the harder question to answer is why were people so angry and so mm -hmm. frustrated that they were willing to take a chance on this guy that they don't like either? <laughs> um, but uh, I guess, you know, no reason to look back. We're in it now. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Well, it's interesting what you say about Trump not having any positions because there have been all these reports that it's actually making it hard for them to work inside the White House because nobody wants to be outside of his field of vision. This, Literally, is, my, this is my favorite story of the, of the whole month is how they, they yeah. travel on like a pack, right? Yeah. They like walk around like they have to stay physically near him. Well, they can't schedule a meeting without him because right. nobody wants to be in that meeting because then whoever's not in that meeting runs to the Oval Office to be by Trump and be like, oh man, you God. did a great job today. <laughs> You're the man today. There's no way they don't eventually like plan bathroom breaks around that. Like they all just kind of walk to the bathroom together. <laughs> they all... It's sort of like um, like they all want to sleep with him and none of them want to leave the bar first. You know, they're all going to be like, "You're pretty pretty it's tired." Like, it's hands <laughs> around. It's hands on a hard body. The presidency. <laughs> like they um, all have to have a hand on him yeah. physically. They are going to win the Harley. They're, yeah, they're trying gonna... to win a Ford Tempo. <laughs> Here's what I here's what I thought was so disappointing about this, like what he's shifting over now. It's like there was I was looking forward so much to a real end of days fight over what that party meant, and it seemed like so fast Trump was like, oh wow, yeah, I guess I'm I guess I'm uh, a 
deregulating, tax-cutting guy just like everybody else. And now Steve Bannon's getting... I'm, I know I'm making a very Steve Bannon case here. That guy just can't win. He just can't win. Oh. No. <laughs> I just want to see him succeed, you know? Yeah. It's been really will, hard for that guy. When will things go Steve Bannon's way? <laughs> when will his good luck return? <laughs> Poor guy. Just a hapless white nationalist with a chunk of Seinfeld money. Yeah. Working no in the White House in jean address. shorts yeah. and a fucking flannel shirt. But don't tell me it's not tragic for anybody to be destroyed by Jared Kushner. I, to have that be like the end of your story, it's like I was outmaneuvered by yeah. Jared Kushner. I think it's... How, I mean, how bad of a guy could you be if that's... The guy, whoever took the photo of, of Kushner... With the flak jacket on, deserves like a deser- that deserves oh, a, a yeah. for sure. It's one of the greatest pieces of art I've ever seen in my life. My favorite. Someone tweeted, "If Wes Anderson made a yeah. war movie." <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Jared Kushner, uh, Steve Bannon's collapsing. Jared Kushner went on his second ski trip of the first 100 days. What the hell? Nobody takes a vacation in the first hundred days. That's the part you kind of stick it out. That's why they call it the first hundred days. And then he's in Whistler for Passover for a while. Like, there's satyrs in D.C., man. There's, there's Heroset in the nation's capital. It's run by Jews. Your supporters' Infowars tells you that all the time. <laughs> Was this the second trip? He took one during the healthcare fight, right? Yeah, yeah. In the that was smart. Fight. Now listen, that was smart. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That was not. That wasn't like the guys uh, slacking off. That was. This is a disaster. I'm getting the hell out of DC. Don't you think? That's what I thought it was. I thought it was like this thing is is never going to pass. It's not a bank robbery. It's not about getting away from <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, no, it, it is. Uh, it's what a job. Mean, it's, <laughs> absolutely. This is worse than a bank robbery. This is a train wreck. And I think he read the room. And was like, hey, God, let's go. Let's get out of here. And left it in the hands of people who were all badly damaged by it. I thought that was intentional. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit. I, I just I just don't understand how that's an excuse. Like, I know healthcare went down the toilet. I wasn't in town. <laughs> <laughs> that was the moment they learned that you can't the executive branch can't force the 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 Congress to do whatever they want all uh, the time. And I think that <laughs> was the beginning of the problems that Bannon's having right now. Let's give it up for James Madison, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. From from the grave helping yes. us. Huh? <laughs> My kids are obsessed with Hamilton right now and we listen to Hamilton every day. Oh, and as I'm listening to it in the car for the millionth time, I'm like these sons of bitches were pretty smart. Like, they yeah. anticipated this yeah, kind of thing at some really level. That electoral college turned out great. electoral college was real, real sharp idea. That really worked. <laughs> it wasn't all great. It wasn't all great. But, look, thank, some of the stuff they did was, like, to prevent crazy people from being too powerful. And it's, it's kind of working. Yeah, it's like the founders are, like, a great 60s sitcom. Like... A lot, a lot of racism. Some of the episodes do not work, uh, but on the whole, the oof uh, is something we're glad. Like you see where we, you, you see where we came from. All right, of that. right. It's like, You're yeah, just like, this is the best that they up. could do at that time. Yeah, <laughs> I do love the idea though that like Trump can tell the popularity of one of his positions by whether like Jared Kushner is putting ski goggles on and like packing up like in the room. <laughs> Dad, I can't hear you. I'm on the chairlift. Yeah. Super windy. Did you see the thing where he, I'm sorry, I'm tangent, <laughs> no, but did you see the thing where Trump, it. they asked uh, the producer of 60 Minutes if he had ever talked to Trump directly, and he said that Trump called him after the interview to see if he had broken a ratings record? That's what we're dealing with. That's when, that's when the president of the United States is interested in something. That's all he cares about. Yeah. It's so just I, ratings. 
think this leads naturally into our next topic, uh, which is drop bombs, hold for applause. Uh, so uh, I got that the first time. I didn't have to hear you say that to get that. That one I got. Very great. Yes, I agree. I, I'm not really sure how we're supposed to deal with the fact that we have a president who is now in a Pavlovian feedback loop with cable news that involves dropping the biggest bombs he can find. Um, now, to your point about this is a president who's kind of making decisions based on the ratings, um, we kind of had this crazy week where all of a sudden the foreign policy establishment kind of got behind him, right? They said, like, yeah. now he's presidential. Fareed Zakaria said he's presidential. Uh, there was a lot of cable commenting about, like, now he's doing the things he's supposed to do. It's good that he changed his mind. That's what a president does. We got into this on a little show called Pod Save America, uh, The Juggernaut. And do, do we do we applaud? Applaud, Pod Save America. Oh yeah. <laughs> Paid for this sweater. Um, anyway, Fried Zik- we we criticized Fried Zakaria for saying that it's presidential to drop bombs, and he wrote a little piece about this uh, in which we were mentioned. And I love being in the zeitgeist. I love the way it, I love the way it feels. I love being in the conversation. So I wanted to go through it because I think. Uh, <laughs> I heard like a longer laugh on that. I think that's great. So. Fareed Zakaria said that liberals can't have Trump derangement syndrome. Uh, And this is his defense of having called Trump presidential. Uh, And I want to go through his argument and I want to be fair to it because I think it's really important uh, that we uh, stick to our guns about why it's so stupid. Um, (laughs) So here's what he said. This is he said, it seems like Trump listened carefully to his advisors, chose a calibrated response, acted swiftly on behalf of a broader set of ideals. That was his standard for why this is presidential. And to Fareed's credit, he's like, I, I didn't say he was the Pope. I'm very critical of Donald Trump. He is, you know, he said he's a bullshit artist. He's been relentlessly focused on criticizing Donald Trump when he deserves it. But I, the idea that Trump here is making a decision uh, where he listened carefully and chose a calibrated response is ridiculous. That's not how he makes decisions. And, and, and I think that's clear when you talk about the fact that Donald Trump is supposedly defending a broader set of ideals. What are the ideals? Because it's certainly not protecting innocent lives of children, because one of the things that Donald Trump also did this month was take the gloves off of the military to allow for greater civilian casualties in our military operations. And it's certainly not caring about the people of Syria, because he's not letting the people of Syria, those children who are being bombed, come in as refugees. But the most important reason it is ridiculous to say that dropping that Donald Trump dropping bombs prove that he's presidential is because he's still fucking Donald Trump. It's not a partisan <laughs> thing. He's Donald Trump. He's not going to learn anything. He's not going to change. And we know that because what's happened in the past few days is we have seen uh, the fact that he feels rewarded for the bellicosity of his week. So we saw a story uh, uh, yesterday uh, that uh, the U.S. is planning a military preemptive strike against North Korea in the event that they test a nuclear bomb. And we saw a story by Eli Lake saying that aides next to Trump are considering whether or not we should send troops into Syria. So uh, no, Fareed. Uh, It is not acceptable to say that it is presidential for Donald Trump to adhere to a broad set of ideals. He's not behaving in a more responsible way. He's still him. Um, And I guess the question I have for you guys is, don't you agree? No. (laughs) Uh, uh, No, I I guess the question is, how do we make sure that people like this foreign policy establishment who are so ready to kind of get on board with the normalization of Trump that, that we, we hold their feet to the fire and we make sure that they remember that this guy is just a dotty old racist who's in way over his head. I don't think you can do that. I, th- that thing, <laughs> I, I feel like that 
foreign policy consensus establishment that more bombing is always better than less. And I mean that is a, a good chunk of the of the Democratic establishment is also that way. Like yeah. those, I mean the Clintons are were, are kind of that way. Yeah, I think I mean I, there's a story I I, I, I like, just to pause for a second. I want to hear the rest of this, but you should know that I consider Hillary Clinton perfect until after she comes on the podcast. Of course. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to maintain that line for a little while longer. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> What I, when I think of the great <laughs> Hillary Clinton, I think of... <laughs> no, I, but I want to hear the criticism because I can't do it right now, but I want to hear no, it. No, she's great, yeah. <laughs> when um, there's a story I read, and I forget the particulars of it, but Obama, when he was um, being advised by these various groups about whether or not he should do the surge in Afghanistan, one of these um, kind of hawkish uh, Democrats stood up and told him, in a very dramatic tone, Mr. President, the decision you make here to send soldiers into Afghanistan will be the most consequential of your administration and your life. And Obama turned to some guy next to him and was like, I don't know people actually talk like that. <laughs> and when I read that story, I was like, I will, I will forever consider this man the greatest president we've ever had because he didn't buy into this bomb to send a message, bomb for credibility bullshit. I think Fareed Zakaria and... The, um, to some extent, even though he's not supposed to say this, but um, but Brian Williams, like all these guys, kind of have that sense of like being a president is this manly, masculine thing. And of course, Donald, like, why did we even fucking tell him that we had a mother of all bombs bomb? Yeah, I, like, and when he was like, "Can we drop bomb?" To be, so for someone to be like, "Well, we have the biggest bomb ever made. Do you want to drop that?" Like, well, what is he gonna say? Somebody showed him a picture because he doesn't. People don't tell. He doesn't read anything. They just say, "Which of the bombs do you want to drop?" <laughs> It's from biggest to smallest, and this one is smallest to biggest. Which one, sir? <laughs> big boy, big bomb. Most of the real men who are making these decisions just had never served, like got out of a, had a million so, deferments. So soft. It's so soft. The softest <laughs> little cucks in the world are the people who are making these military decisions. Set that aside. But there is a real problem, and it is the problem that comes out when uh when like trump says like well this is wrong we're gonna do something and they someone shows him a picture mm -hmm. of a big bomb and it's this and it also by the way is the problem i believe when brian williams says oh it's so beautiful it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen and like there it's all dudes the, the only people who talk like this are dudes and they get erect when they see weaponry and it's there's there it's a huge problem and it's like there is a the the people who are surrounding Trump and include and Trump is the number one guy for this, but they all of the people surrounding him too, they are they've gotten a taste now. They got a taste of what it's like to fly they were some they went down in the situation room and they watched that bomb. They've watched that tape over and over again and they got all the praise. He got all the praise from all the men on the networks saying like, look how beautiful this is and you are so presidential. It is not going to stop. Like some, he will continue to do this now. I believe m there will be many more of these incidents and he will brag about them. And it's so much easier to defend bombing something really far away than it is to try to untangle an intellectual exercise like a healthcare bill that he fundamentally does not understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The thing I'm so like bummed out about is that I I think that's the one thing that like enough of the left and the right comes together on that's just going to encourage them to do more and more. So I think we are going to go into I think we're going to go into Syria. I feel like we're going to I mean you heard you heard it here first. Uh, we're all going to meet in Damascus, guys. It's all going to be pretty cool. <sighs> Maybe they'll bring donuts on tail back first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking it through. <laughs> all right, guys. When we come back, 
a segment called OK Stop. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something I need to get off my chest? What is your outlet for working through the things that stress you out? Oh, man. You know, I don't know. Pushing it down. <laughs> Pushing it all the way down. Getting it real down deep in there. Squish it. Squishing it. Squishing it real tight. Fighting through it. <laughs> Gotta fight through it. Skinny jeans are for dads. Fight it. You fight it. You push it down. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. <laughs> when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Not me. Not me. I'm running on rails. <laughs> Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Uh, I said to my therapist just yesterday, I just feel like I don't have the 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 attention span right now to focus on some of these longer term issues. And she's mm. like, you found a way to say that every session for the past five years. <laughs> if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Everybody needs therapy. You need therapy. I need therapy. Tommy needs therapy. Mm. We all need therapy. Mm -hmm. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love it. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. And we're back. Now for a segment <laughs> called OK Stop. Uh, we're going to watch a clip from the news, and we're going to stop when it uh, feels appropriate to talk about what's happening in this crazy clip. In this clip, we have Carter Page, former advisor to the Trump campaign, uh, discussing the fact that he is the subject of a FISA warrant. Uh, and it is fantastic. Let's roll the clip. <laughs> Carter, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jay. So the Washington Post, as you know, has reported that last year the FBI went to a FISA judge and argued successfully that there was probable cause to believe that you were acting as an agent for a foreign government. So my question is, were you? Stop. <laughs> uh, listen, you don't go on Jake Tapper when you're the subject of an ongoing probe into whether or not you're an agent for the Russian government, the subject of a FISA warrant. Who is telling this person to go on television? Hang on, it is hang on. But I would amend that to say you don't do that unless you have a super good answer. Okay. Right? So you're probably so right. So let's just, let, I'll bet he has a really good answer. I also think. <laughs> right? You're Look, right to, I shouldn't judge ahead. Yeah. Look at how charismatic he is. Yeah, he really is. Do we not want to see this face on television every day of our lives? Yes, we do. I, I genuinely always feel bad for him. The, the expression on his face always looks like a guy who thought he was coming on to talk about like the tennis like game. Like he has, he's always looks like what? I, that wasn't. I thought we were talking about something fun. All right, so let's just see. Let's, Let's see, see he, 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 probably, he must. He's coming on Jake Tapper because he's like, I gotta, I gotta, gotta clear, clear this clear up. The air. 
I got the I, this after I, I give this answer. No one will accuse me of being a Russian. I worked uh, on it agent. last night. I thought through it. I talked to my lawyer. I'm I have the perfect sentence. Here we go. To make clear what's going on. Okay. Here we go. Of course I wasn't, Jake. This is it's just such a joke that it's beyond words. And what's interesting about it is March 20th, uh, Director Comey, he made the point that people people can lie to the press, people can lie to the American public, all they want in politics. What's interesting about last night's report is if it's true, well, there's a different standard when it comes to evidence in court. So all of this false evidence that you've been hearing about uh, myself with the dodgy dossier and other false reports going back through most of the last summer, well, that will that will have very different implications. So this is a real game changer if it <laughs> turns out to be true. I just have to say, dodgy dossier. <laughs> He's Brandon. The he, well, he basically <laughs> says he says like, no, of course it's not true, and then brings up of his own accord all of the things that are suspicious about it. He brings up Jake Tapper didn't bring up the dossier. He's Jake like, Tapper didn't bring up the, all the. He keeps going like all of the stuff you've heard about, all that stuff. That's nothing. Like my, that's all he's got. My my trip to Russia. My yeah. Many undocumented conversations. <laughs> my appearance in a dossier that's been verified by several sources about which uh, uh, Russia investigated and then killed anyone associated with it. All of these things are just absurd. There's also a lot of focus on this trip you took to Russia last July. You met with Russian academics, you've said. You also met with people in the business community. Did you meet with anyone in the Russian government or connected to Russian intelligence? I said hello briefly to uh, one individual who is a board member of the of the new economic school where I gave my speech. And in any of these conversations with Russians, either in, in Russia or back here in the United States, did you ever suggest to any of them that President Trump or candidate Trump would be open to easing sanctions on Russia? Absolutely not. Never? Not once? I never offered that. No, nothing. Oh, oh pause. <laughs> wait, wait. Absolutely not or I never offered that. Sounds like he's not sure if he talked about sanctions with a Russian spy. Uh, and then weaken the platform of the Republican Party uh, during the nomination I mean, of a Russian, candidate he worked a, for. If a Russian guy brings it up on his own, you're not you're, you're going to be rude if you just say like I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Those guys don't wear name tags, yeah. you know. <laughs> I said hello. I'm in a dolphin. It's only not. I mean, it may. Topics, I, I don't remember. The, we'll see what comes out in this uh, FISA trial. Okay, stop. That's the, that's the craziest moment. That's the craziest moment. He went on talk shows and was like, look, am I a spy? No. I mean, let's, let's find the FISA transcripts that were uh, accumulated by U.S. intelligence because I'm a spy. And we'll read them, and then we'll see what happens. It like is, the, he, the, like how, That's so crazy. It is so crazy to say, I think I'll be vindicated by the warrant for my arrest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's literally what he that's, did. And, and also, again, no one is making him go on George Stephanopoulos. There's no rule that says when you get a Pfizer warrant because you're a spy, you have to go on the morning shows. You specifically are told to not Maybe do don't that. go, yeah. Don't go on the, the morning shows. The only thing that could have made this better is if they had been like, are you a spy? And he had been like, absolutely not. And I will be vindicated by the FISA transcripts. And then they went, here are the FISA transcripts. They say you're a spy. And he's like, guilty as charged. <laughs> like, that, that's the only way this could have been improved. Intimate anything that But it sounds like process. from what you're saying, it's possible that you may have discussed the easing of sanctions. 
something may have come up in a conversation. I, I have no recollection, and there is nothing specifically that I would have done that would have given people that impression, George. But you can't say without, uh, without equivocation that you didn't discuss the easing of sanctions. Someone may have brought it up. I have no recollection. And if it was, it was not something I was... Someone it, was that someone was asking for. And any conversations about those emails that were stolen from the DNC from the Clinton campaign? Any conversations about that? Not a word. Stop. Uh, Let's leave it there. Again, just a simple thing. If someone asks you if you talked about easing of sanctions and you say, "Who can say I don't remember?" You got to stick with that for the other questions that follow. <laughs> if then someone says, "Did you talk about the DNC email hack?" You're like, "100% no. Fuck you. No. Sure of it." <laughs> It's suspicious, Carter. These are just some of the things I would have given you as tips before you went on George Stephanopoulos after bullet point number one on the talking points. Do, do not do this. <laughs> this is a bad idea. That's what I'm telling you. This guy thought he was going to be on the cooking segment. He was not aware they were going to ask him about this stuff. He had a recipe for a spring frittata. <laughs> spring I, is here, and there's a frittata you can make in 45 minutes. At I the call end it the, the dodgy dossier. <laughs> Get I those kids to eat asparagus with Carter Page. I think we're going to find out, ultimately, that everybody in the Trump administration is a Russian mole except for Donald Trump. Like, he is just an innocent, newborn child. From Melania on down, it's all like Matthew Reese and Kerry Russell. It's all like hardcore <laughs> the Americans. Just, just bad fake mustaches Every single and, one below and plots him. that almost hang together. <laughs> I love the Americans. I'm not going to shit on the Americans. And that's okay. Stop. Yeah. When we come back, a segment called, there's just like so much going on. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. And we're back. Uh, so there's just so much going on. Uh, uh, Trump is president. It's a national crisis. So some stories, you don't hear about them. How many of you guys have heard about the crackdown on gay people in Chechnya? I have. A couple people. A couple people. I saw you tweeting about it. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm glad this is on the outline. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Great. Um, so uh, there's this anti-gay crackdown. So two things have been going on in Russia, obviously. One is a crackdown on dissidents. The other is a, a law banning gay propaganda, which just means being gay in public. And there's been sort of rising anti-gay sentiment. This has come to a head in Chechnya. So uh, we don't really know exactly what's going on. There's been a lot of stories that are sort of have different claims in it. It's actually really hard to figure out because... Uh, Russia's further along uh, on their authoritarian track than we are, uh, but we're nipping at their heels. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, but so anyway, gay people have been targeted in, in sort of a wide-scale uh, arrests, uh, in, held in makeshift prisons, tortured. There have been several deaths. 
Um, the spokesman uh, for Chechnya's leader said this to reassure people. He said, you cannot arrest or repress people who just do not exist in the Republic. If such people existed in Chechnya, law enforcement would not have to worry about them as their own relatives would have, would have uh, sent them to where they could never return. So reassuring. Uh, Rhea, I know you've been following this too, is so the State Department put out a statement uh, and it was actually pretty good. It was like, this is bad, this is wrong, we need to stop this. But Rex Tillerson hasn't said anything uh, because he's Rex Tillerson. But uh, Nikki Haley hasn't said anything either. She is the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. GLAAD has put out a statement trying to get her to call for an investigation and to get more involved and speak in, in her own voice. The issue right now is the State Department is kind of divided in half, right? There are these career people who feel a bit abandoned by Rex Tillerson, who hasn't filled key positions, and it's kind of a basically an empty building. Did you see that he took down all the pictures of former spokesmen from the wall? It's like a nice touch. No need to do that. Left, just, the, left the nails. In, yeah. You know, like didn't even, didn't even fill those holes. Yeah. Just Get a little fucking oh, cock. Yeah. It's creepy. What are you yeah. doing? If you're going to be an asshole, get some cock. Get some cock. Yeah. Put some cock in those holes. <laughs> Rex Tillerson, name of a Bond villain. Uh, but anyway, uh, the career people seem to be behind this statement, but we haven't heard from the, the Trump appointees, and we haven't heard from Nikki Haley. She can, from her perch, do things. So a lot of these organizations are kind of trying to pressure Nikki Haley to say something. And so basically, there's a change.org position that you can be a part of. There's a lot of things that you can do to try to pressure Nikki Haley to speak out on this issue because it's one of these things where, look, there are crackdowns going on all over the world. There are people being thrown in jail and tortured all over the world. But this is the beginning of something, and it seems pretty scary. So there's something you can do. You know, Tillerson is in, it's tricky because Tillerson is in Russia, right? Like when this happens, he's there. And so that is a dicey proposition for him as the, like he's got a bunch of things on his, whatever the agenda is, he's got a bunch of things on the agenda and it's it's probably dicey to throw that curveball um, well, at the last second, but there is no one else. There should be other, there's, I believe that all of this stuff, I, I could be totally wrong. It might be rank incompetence. And generally speaking, if there's a problem in this administration, the first explanation, the Occam's razor explanation of rank incompetence is pretty accurate. But I also believe that they're, they are living out this kind of weird fantasy of like a smaller government, right? There's like this weird, tiny shrinking federal government, uh, you know, fantasy that's been like bandied about for a long time. I think a lot of these, like there's no one, no one's been appointed to these roles. I think it's intentional. And so I think I they don't like know that. I, I, I really You think it's rank incompetence? Well, I, I, I do, I think it is mostly incompetence. I think it is a combination of, uh, I think there's some malevolence in it. I think specifically the State Department, there is a bit of a policy agenda there, right? They're starving the State Department while putting their focus on the military and, and it's, look, it's, this is not the first Republican administration to try to prove that the only way that you can act in the world is through military force. But largely, I do think that there is a lot of, A, incompetence, and B, uh, somebody somebody pointed this out, that, that there aren't a lot of people who are interested in being Donald Trump's chief of staff. That's crazy. It's a really coveted position. And we were, you know, we hear about this, you know, through the grapevine of like people like, you know, Republicans who are kind of, you know, whatever, adults, more reasonable people who are like turning down jobs in the White House. Nobody turns down jobs in the White House. And so it doesn't surprise me that that diplomats, smart people, foreign policy experts are like, I don't want to get in there. Why do I want to be associated with this garbage administration? Seems like a good opportunity for a Democratic mole to kind of sneak in there. <laughs> 
So I feel like what I'd have to do is, I think if I'm going to do the mole thing, and I am going to do it, right, right. Um, I think I need to start, I need to have some kind of life event that causes me to sort of question some things. You know, like I need to have like, uh, I need to like crash my car because I'm drunk and I realize like, oh, I'm liberal because I've been drunk this whole time. Yeah. Like something like that, where I kind of have a come to Jesus and then I start reaching out to people and I just be like, I just need to talk. Like I have these weird ideas. The spy playbook would be you do something publicly embarrassing and get like fired. And then <laughs> there's like a press release. It's like, we're like, you're at, and then you gotta, you gotta be seen publicly drunkenly, like stumbling down the street. And it's like, Oh, that guy's lost that. it. That so that they think you're, you know, you need a job, you need a gig. And that's when you can, you, you've hit rock bottom and you hate all the people you used to associate. So it's with. like the departed. So now like I'm in the yeah. rehab and I'm like, it's a I'm spy like, who came in from the cold. If anyone's yes. read that book. Yeah. Yes, that's what you got to do. I'm yeah. going to be the spy that came in from the cold and then worked with Dina Powell and Ivanka Trump at the white house. <laughs> And you I, only I, drink cranberry juice. Yeah. That's a exactly. departed reference. That's a departed reference. That's a reference we're... to the departed. Yeah. And it was fantastic. More applause. It's a Boston. Come on. <laughs> I think we're... Uh... It's a Boston movie. It's a... That's great. And you're still shouting. And here's the thing. And I think that's really great. Uh, again, we only talk during the breaks. And now we're in the real show. And no one knows what's going on. But we're going to leave it in. We're going to leave it in. We're going to leave it in. Some people say that the live show feels a little indulgent in the podcast form. Thoughts? When we come back, a segment called Too Stupid to Be True. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. And we're back. We're now uh, going to play a game called Too Stupid to Be True. We have an audience member named Tracy, who was very vocal during the break, who is from Boston. There's some affiliation with Holy Cross. I wasn't paying attention. I'm not a good listener. That's why I do the show. Uh, uh, hi, Tracy. You should say hello. Yeah, oh, no, no. Yes, now, now we're having a conversation. Now you're on the show. I feel like this is really strange. You talked a lot when you did not have a microphone. Now there's literally a mic in your hand, and you got shy. Now, all right, I will change that immediately. I will first start off by saying that I am a big fan, and I love you so much, and I appreciate okay. this opportunity so much. I also have to say that my daughter loves Michael, so that has to get in the show, too. Like, just a big fan. She recognized him as well. So great cast, great show. I think I, think I hear a Massachusetts accent. Am I crazy? Yeah, first Wait, of all, <laughs> this is on you, man. You gave her the mic. You know? I'm really, you, this I, is a hundred. Whatever happens is a hundred percent on you. I feel very good about it. Uh, so here's how the game works, Tracy. You, can I say nothing? No, thing? no, yes. no. You're cut off. No, I want you to know. You need to not be embarrassed by your mom. She's fantastic. 
Oh, you're trying to help the show. No. So you're producing. The reason why this is... <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Delaney. Okay. The reason this is important is I'm an independent with rep Republican leanings, and you are shifting me, shifting me with every single podcast. Well. That is why this is important. You Thank just you bought for yourself coming. a spot on this panel, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. We tell people that that's happening, but we rarely have proof. <laughs> it is true. So here's how the game works. All right, okay? I'm ready. Each of our pan panelists has a quote. Uh, one of the quotes comes from a pundit. Two of the quotes are too stupid to also be true. Yes. I now, play this every week, I know. So now, you know that every time we've done this in the past, I've been lying. <laughs> They've all been true. Right. But I want to tell you right now that these are not three real quotes from three dumb pundits, okay? I am not lying about that. Do you believe me? No. You should believe me. I'm telling the truth. These are not three quotes that I went and found from three pundits who said something really stupid to try to trick you into thinking that only one of them was real, Okay. Do you believe so, me? How many are real? Uh, uh, one is real. One. Okay. If. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't believe you. I told you, man. It's on you. It's, it's, uh, you knew what you were. You knew the risks. Our first quote. Uh, this is a quote about uh, Trump sacrificing his own popularity for the mission of Ryan's health care bill. Mike? Quote, think of President Trump as the Martin Luther King of health care. End quote. Very stupid. <laughs> Too stupid to be true? You don't know. Don't comment. Thank you. Uh, our second quote is uh, a, a supposedly a pundit uh, reacting to what happened aboard that United flight uh, before the cameras were rolling. Quote, I was thinking back to, to Rodney King and that infamous video of his being beaten by L.A. cops. What we didn't see was the precipitating, was what the precipitating incident was. Also very stupid. <laughs> and finally, a pundit asked uh, whether or not it's hypocritical uh, for Donald Trump to criticize Barack Obama for playing golf and then playing golf himself over and over again as president. Quote, did President Obama play golf on his own golf course? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> now, Tracy, I am telling you, okay, I promise you, these are not quotes from three random pundits. You need to pick which one is true. And the prize is $100 from a little company called Parachute. Is that oh, wait, true? Oh, is it a robe? Oh, there's a robe. It's a rope from Parachute. Oh, well, I need the sheets, too. Play um, <laughs> hardball, John. you got to negotiate her down. You can Tracy, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, Mike made a point that I was wrong to choose you. <laughs> that I owned whatever happened after. And it was your job to prove that I was right, to trust you. <laughs> so far, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, Which I, th quote? I think we're good. You think you and I are good? We're good, yeah. I like this. I think this is yeah. working. All right, good. I think so. Do you think, Jason, do you think it's working? This is working. It doesn't matter what he thinks. This is working. <laughs> We're good. Pick a fucking quote. <laughs> uh, do you think that it was uh, Martin Luther King, Rodney King, <laughs> or uh, Obama didn't own a golf course like an idiot? 
I think it's think of President Trump as the Martin Luther King of healthcare. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> now, they are not three quotes from three real pundits. They are three quotes from one pundit. <laughs> they are all quotes by our man on CNN, Jeffrey Lord. Uh, Can we roll the clip? I, I, I want to say something here that I know will probably drive Simone crazy, but think of uh, President Trump as the Martin Luther King of healthcare. Oh, I Jeffrey. Jeffrey. When, when I was kid, he did not introduce the, the civil rights bill because he said it wasn't popular, he didn't have the votes for it, etc. Dr. King kept putting people in the streets in harm's way to put the pressure on so that okay. the bill would be introduced. That's what Jeffrey, finally you do worked. understand so that you do understand that Dr. King was marching for civil rights because people that looked like me were being were, were being beaten. Correct, Dogs correct, were being sick on them. Basic human rights were being withheld from these people yes, merely no, because of no. the color no. of their skin. So let's not equate I, I Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a humanitarian and Nobel Peace Prize winner, to the vagina grabbing president Dr. King. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I did not know we let that clip run so long, but Jesse, I'm glad I trusted you. <laughs> Listen, not well, only yeah, that, the one, the one caveat I would have here, and I think you're absolutely right, this was devoid of all common sense. The one caveat here is, you know, I was thinking back to Rodney King and that infamous video of, of his being beaten by L.A. cops. What we didn't see is what the precipitating incident was. And, I, and I, I'm just picking Rodney King at random. Anytime I see something... Leave the White House very much because, you know, like little things like these little trips where they get on, they cost you a fortune. All right, and Jeffrey, and on top of that, CNN is reporting that President Trump is on pace to spend more on personal travel in his first year then President Obama spent all eight years that he was in office. It, it just so happens, I don't think there's anything wrong with presidential golfing, but doesn't this <laughs> prove that then candidate Trump was dead wrong about it when he was running for office, Jeffrey? Nah, I don't think so. I think this is just a media Jeffrey, gossip. That was a moment of uh, you know, you know, I, I'm still Jeffrey Lord, how is it the media I, gossip? You heard the president's own words. I, uh, you know, I'm looking for things like, did President Obama donate his... Uh, first quarter salary to the National Park Service. I, I don't think so. Did he play golf on his own golf course? I don't think so. That's and there it is. Does this guy have like a corpse filter on him? Why yeah. is he so pale? <laughs> uh, what is that? He's, uh, he actually only communicates from the, from the world five minutes behind with the Langoliers. <laughs> uh, so it's all a little bit muted. Jeffrey, webcam lord, coming in. It's also like, what are you, fucking busy? You haven't had a job since 1987. Like, go to the studio. Have some respect. I want to thank Tracy for participating. Um, there's a parachute robe with your name on it. And let's just say there may be a gift card in the pocket, okay? And don't even worry about it, all right? That's for you because you're a Republican. That seems wrong. That seems wrong. I, why would we reward you for your past mistakes? Oh, independent. Independent Republican leaning. Now for a second we call what you should have said. Um, uh, here's the thing, we just needed to do something with Sean Spicer and the whole Hitler thing. So that's why we're gonna do this. Um, now, uh, uh, we're gonna come in midway through because we've all seen Sean Spicer say, even Hitler, two words you should never put side by side. You just never need to say, even Hitler. Um, <laughs> now here's the thing, 
Sean Spicer, to his credit, apologized. And I have to say, like, it was like a real apology. It was like an apology from an era where words have consequences. And I appreciated that. But I feel like to accept his apology, we first have to go through this process together of making fun of what he did. <laughs> so we're going to come in. He has already said that even Hitler wouldn't drop chemical weapons. A reporter in real time is going to ask him to follow up. And then we're going to stop it. We're going to say what he should have said. And we're going to see what he did say. Sean, thanks. I just want to give you the opportunity to clarify something you said that seems to be gaining some traction right now. Uh, quote, Hitler didn't even sink to the level of using chemical weapons. What did you mean by that? Pause. Here's what he should have said. I'm really sorry. Obviously, Hitler used chemical weapons to kill literally millions of people. Also, you don't need to compare dictators to Hitler. You don't need to grade them on a Hitler curve. You actually don't need to be worse than Hitler to be worthy of being bombed out of the sky, from the sky. Anything else? I, I think really he should have said, yeah, I quit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at this job. Nobody else would do it. I, he, he made me do it. I tried. I'm really bad at it. I quit. It's been great. See you around. Just walked off. Like, that would have been amazing. I really, I've really, i watched him so many times now, and I feel like that's what, he's, that's what his eyes saying. are saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, his eyes are saying, I quit. I Please let me, please let me quit. He should just go back to being the Easter Bunny. That's what suits him best. Yeah, he was good. He was great. Yeah. Best Easter Bunny. One of, the, one of, <laughs> one one of, of our best. top bunnies. Top bunny. Yeah. But there is something cool about a man who says something so horrific and as a self-comments a thing, like, I can talk my way out of this. That's the best part. That's the best this. part. Because, Sean, it's not like we haven't been watching the briefings. We know you're not articulate. You're not going to trick us into thinking that you meant it. We know you fucked up. You know you fucked up. All you have to do is say you fucked up. All right, let's see what he did. I think when you come to sarin gas, uh, there was no, he was not using the gas oh, on his oh, own oh. people the same way that a shot is doing it. I mean, there was clearly, I, I understand your point, thank you. I, I, thank you, I appreciate that. There was not in the, in the he brought him into the, to, um, to the Holocaust Center, I understand. No. But I'm saying in the way that the, Assad used them where he went into towns, dropped them down to innocent, into the middle of towns, it was brought, to, so the use of it, I appreciate the clarification there, that was not the intent. Uh, just, to, just, to, just a reminder, he apologized three more times over the course of the rest of the day. We accept his apology. I think we accept it. Do we accept his apology? Yeah. But isn't no? We think no. Why not? Mm -hmm. Don't answer. I just think you should. Tracy, you answer for him. <laughs> I, I just think um like he just ignorance and stupidity, right? Just fucked up. He just fucked up. I like my favorite detail of it is that he the first person he apologized to I think privately was Sheldon Adelson, yeah. which is so funny because he was like, "Fuck, who's Jewish?" Um, yeah, yeah. The rule. I, like, the do rule I call? is not. Call the richest Jew you can find. Right. Yeah, but that's what he did. He yeah. was like, "Who's who's Jewish and powerful? I should call that guy." And then, is there anyone else I know who's Jewish? No. All right. <laughs> Jared Kushner, Kushner was, but skiing. Kushner was skiing. So yeah. skiing. He doesn't have any reception up there. But so was, even what he was trying to say, like even the unfucked up part of what he was trying to say, which was that, sure, Hitler gassed six million people, but he didn't do it from the sky, <laughs> is also not is a horrible thing to say. Like, that, well, it's just not sort of. Like, it's not, it's not better. We don't, we don't need to be parsing <laughs> yeah. it that way. Yeah, yeah don't like, parse the Holocaust. Yeah. Don't parse the Holocaust. Not necessary. 
Sean. He well actually did the Holocaust. Yeah. That's what he did. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what he did. He was like, oh, well, you know, here's something. You, you guys think you know a lot about the Holocaust. <laughs> he realized, you can see in his eyes that he's, uh, he's, uh, he's not happy with where he's at. I haven't <laughs> seen a meltdown like that since the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nice. Nice. And that's what he should have said. We'll close it out with the rant wheel. We spin the wheel and then we talk about it. It's pretty simple. Uh, this week on the wheel we have hashtag united. That's a twist. That's a twist, I think. Uh, we have the Bernie podcast because I will not let a week go by without making fun of a podcast. We have Trump Learned Things, The Last Jedi trailer, Secret White House Visitors, Kushner Ski, cri- ski Trips, which we covered, The Mother of All Bombs, and one that I can't read. Jesse, what is that one? Great, let's spin the wheel. (laughs) Okay. It has landed on hashtag united. Look, here's the thing. What united did was indefensible. But you know what I'm fucking sick of? All these people being like, I'm never going to fly United again. Uh Fuck you. You're lying. You're going to fly United again. You're going to fly United in two months because you're not going to pay more for a ticket. You're going to buy a United flight. And the other thing about this is everyone has this narcissistic take on airlines. They're like, I never fly Delta. They're the worst. Oh, what? Did Delta have a delay? one time with you that was really like bad for you personally you think american doesn't delay people you think american is so much better they're all the fucking same you don't think you don't you think look look i one thing you did not see other than southwest because southwest they're 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 you know they got a cool social media presence they were like none of the other airlines were kind of patting themselves on the back because every one of those social media managers were just like there but for the grace of god go us because somewhere deep in the american airlines form and deep within the delta form is a line that says if you say the wrong words we'll drag you kicking and screaming off this 757 i was uh, i was on a, a delta airlines flight here and two hours into that six hour flight the flight attendant knocked over like a full pot of coffee into my lap and I like stood up and I was just like losing my mind about how I was so mad and I was shouting what I thought was I what I thought was loud but like the plane itself is very loud so no one really hears it the point being I sat back down on that pot of coffee for like four more hours with just like a wet butt and I was like I would never fly Delta again but I'm so close to like a silver medallion so what am I gonna do yeah, it's like they put that announcement. It's like, we know you have a choice when you travel. No, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah. We don't have a choice when you travel. It's a bunch of fucking shitty options. They're all the same. They're all the same. They're gonna, we're being dragged off these planes every fucking day. I feel like the, um, the, like in the world of like what they should have done, why don't they just keep offering money? Why don't is there? There must be a reason, right? There must be a like we don't we never go above eight hundred dollars or whatever because we don't want to set a precedent. Well, right. I mean, it's the sort of thing where they have to be careful because if word get out said how high they'll go, they'll all of a sudden be these kind of ad hoc unions forming on the airplanes. That's the like, that's the, the theory, thing. but we like, all split it. <laughs> but like, don't you think that in that scenario, it's very interesting. Like from a like a free market 
uh, perspective because you are competing against, if you're interested in that money that they're offering you to get off the plane, you're competing. It's like a game show. You're competing with like 150 other people where they're like, what about 850? What about 900? And you can be like, no, I'm going to hold out. But then someone else in row 12 says, I'll take the money it's and you're screwed. It's a free market. Right. But that's why it's it's so frustrating because like that, they're, the, the, the free market types should be like, all right. Like, live by the sword, die by the sword. We overbooked the flight. We got to find four people who will accept a certain amount of money to get off it. Well, I mean, I feel like the airlines say one part of our fun free market system is the power of the state to remove you like peons at our leisure. <laughs> our private security force, yeah. the Chicago Police yeah. Department. Yeah, by the way, those guys weren't even wearing uniforms. That was a guy that, like, had, like, a like a leather jacket on and some, like, loose-fitting jeans. Like, you can't pull people off a plane in jeans. You should have proper pants on and the, the better shoes. <laughs> I agree with you. They should carry some authority so, like, you can leave with dignity. If I'm going to be dragged <laughs> off a plane because somebody with a higher airline status needs my seat, which, again, I am fine with, I just want to see a guy with a badge. That's all. I feel like what should happen is the passengers should decide among themselves who is the least worthy of being on that airplane. <laughs> and after that kind of, like, Hunger Games-style fight, then you'll, you'll have no problem with overbooking. Yeah. I mean, it's also not like anybody on that plane was like, doctor, take my seat. I don't think so. It's doggy dog on that United flight. <laughs> no heroes in that story. And that's the rant wheel. I'm calling it. What a rant. We're over time. Uh, join us next week. Oprah returns with some recipes and yet another secret. I want to thank my guests, Mike Schur, Rhea Butcher, Juven Bragg. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you, Tracy, for playing the game. I think you have a road. Here's your robe. I just threw a robe at Tracy. We'll see. Tracy's Tracy's daughter is horrified. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for coming. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode 
episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.